Um, today we're going to be talking about our relational health. Um, first Sunday was forgiveness and dealing with that. It's, it's a fantastic topic that we all want to talk about. You know, it's like the verses that we put on the refrigerator. You need to be forgiving or God will send you over to tormentors. You know, wonderful verses like that. And then we started talking about our mental health. And in the church, at least in the community that I've been around, we never talk about our mental health. We, we try to just, you know, pray our way through things, and we never use the tools of mental health um, to get us out of our mental health ditches. Um, and today we're going to be talking about relational health. Between mental health and relational health, I think occupy about 90% of the issues that we actually deal with. Um, it is easy to say that we've got an issue with like, there's a demon behind every bush and that everything is spiritual. And if I've got a problem with something, well, I probably have a spirit of cornflake that's attacking me. Have you ever been around those people that there's a spirit for everything? You know, like, I got in a car wreck one time and then somebody came up to me and was like, you probably need to repent from a demon. They're making you get into a car wreck. It's like, well, thank you. I'm doing great. How are you doing? So like we don't want to over-spiritualize. We don't want to under-spiritualize because there's a spiritual aspect to our lives. But I think a lot of the times we lack relational tools and then we blame our lack of relational tools on some of the messes that we get in. There are some times that we have a lack of financial tools and then we blame our jobs for our financial lack. It's like, well, it's my, my boss. My boss is the devil. It's like, no, I just don't know how to budget. Or if I do know how to budget, I don't have the self-control to actually budget. So one of the main things that we're, we're talking about is that like, we don't get anywhere productive unless we take personal responsibility for our part. Imagine that everybody is standing in their own hula hoop. The only thing that you can control on a good day, if you've got the right nutrition and if you've slept well, you can only control the things that are inside your hula hoop. Most of the world is outside of my hula hoop. Most of the stuff on Facebook, most of the stuff on social media, most of the stuff on the news is outside my hula hoop. I can't affect it. I can only affect the stuff inside my hula hoop, and that's on a good day. A lot of the time, if I've not had my coffee, I can't affect my hula hoop. I have a chemical dependency on caffeine. I need that chemical uh, to help me function. So, hey, uh, Faith, if you can go ahead and put up our first slide. Um, I want to read a chunk of Scripture, if that's okay with you. So this is going to be 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 27. So Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church did not get along really well. They had a bunch of Jews and Gentiles, so they had a racial division in the middle of the church. They had a whole bunch of rich people and a bunch of poor people, so there was a socioeconomic division in the church. And those divisions were causing a lot of issues. If you, don't, if you think that like, your family's got issues, just read First and Second Corinthians sometimes, and then you can go, oh, well, at least I'm not dating my stepmother. So... Verse 12 says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share in the same spirit. So how many spirits are there? It's one. How many bodies are there? It's one. So when we think about like our church in Trinity and the Hispanic church at the end of the road and Life Church across town and in Livingston and Sparta, 
Like, these aren't different churches. We are one body. He says that even though that we're Jews and the Gentiles, we're one. Even though that there's slaves and there's free, all those divisions are just fake divisions. There's one body. However, in one body, there are different parts in verse 14. Um, Verse 15, if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. Have you ever felt like that? Like, well, I can't see my way out of a paper bag, so therefore God can't use me. Or I feel uncomfortable if I get on stage in front of spotlights, therefore God can't use me to do this. Or I don't know if you can relate to this. I'm not really an extrovert, so God can't use me. I just want to let you know, here at Church on the Hill, if you're an introvert, welcome. You can feel free to join us at whatever pace that you want to. Um, If you are standoffish, that's okay too, because I would be right there. My job didn't depend on me being social. I wouldn't be. So don't feel bad if you are antisocial. I love you anyways. I guess not antisocial. Those are psychopaths, if you're non-social. Because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, does that make it any less a part of the body? Or if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would, it, would that make it any less of the body? If the whole body were an, were an eye, A, you would be some weird Lovecraftian creature. You know, like have you ever seen like, like the 50s? You know, you've got the, like the octopus guy with like one giant eye. That's not productive. That's terrifying. That gives you nightmares at night. We don't need the body of Christ to just be one eye because we look weird. More weird than we already do. Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell? Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. Okay, that's lesson one. God has put each part where he wants it. So the enemy is going to constantly communicate to you. Social media is going to constantly communicate to you that you're not gifted enough, you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough. You don't have what it takes to accomplish God's will in your life or even be successful. We have a promise that God has placed you exactly where he wants you. He has gifted you with specific abilities to do exactly what he wants you to do. So you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and say that I am at least gifted. Now, I might be a pinky toe. You know, my gifting might not look like somebody else. My part of the body might not be as glamorous as another part of the body, but that doesn't mean that I'm any less um, important. Um, our bodies have many parts, and God has put, it each, or put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. How many times have we, we done that in our family? It's like, well, you're a waste of space. Nope. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The parts that we regard as less honorable to those we clothed with greatest care, hopefully. So we carefully protect those bodies that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care is given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, we all suffer. If one part is honored, all parts are glad. All all of you together are Christ's body. Each one of you is a part of it. So we're going to be thinking about our relational health as it relates to a body. Now, Imagine 
your body. You've got a spleen and you've got a liver and you've got a gallbladder and you've got a stomach and you've got lungs and a heart and each part of your body does a different job, but all of them have to work in concert with each other. So my, uh, say my leg, for instance, that's going to be the part of the body we're going to talk about, our leg. In order for my leg to do its job, it has to have a constant stream of nutrients running into it. If the leg were to wake up one day and just go, well, I don't want to be a nuisance. So I've got this need for oxygen, but I'd just rather not say anything. The heart's so busy. It doesn't matter what I need. How long do you think that my leg would function with, I mean, like, have you ever like slept on your arm and you wake up like 20 seconds later and it's like, what is this alien thing attached to my body? Just for a little bit of lack of, an, of oxygen, if I start swimming and I go underwater and my body experiences a lack of oxygen, just for a little amount of time, all of a sudden my body starts purging toxins and it will kill itself. So when you're sitting there, first thing that you need to realize is that you've got needs. You need oxygen. You need nutrients. You being here as a part of the body of Christ or you being in your friend circle, you have got needs and you need to figure out what your needs are. My leg needs different things than my spleen does for the most part. My personality, my makeup was created by God to need different things than you need. I need, uh, everybody's gone through like love languages. I receive love and care in a very specific way. And if I don't know that I need that, I'm going to go around starving to death. So it is not arrogant for the lungs to say, I need oxygen. It's not arrogant for you to go around and go, hey, I'm in need. I've got no oxygen. I feel like I'm choking to death. And not to say it of like, hey, you know, by the way, if you get around to it, I you know, might need some air a little bit. No. If you need air, you need to communicate to the people in your life, I need air. Okay? So you have specific needs that you, you need to monitor what is flowing into you. Look at the people in your life. Are they flowing nutrients into you? Or are they flowing toxins into you? What does your Facebook feed look like? What does your news intake look like? Is the flow into you providing you the nutrients that you need? Or is it providing toxins that you don't need? Another thing to think about, like the flow that's coming into us, do we have healthy boundaries to keep crazy people away from us? I don't know if you've ever experienced crazy people in your life, but it's like, oh, you again. Wow. Whew, man. You've got to place boundaries to keep people out of the most important parts of your life. If, imagine somebody is driving down your road and you see them drive down your road and it's like, oh, okay, they're on the road. If I see a car on the road, I don't automatically think crazy person, right? Then all of a sudden that car turns into my driveway and it's like, uh-oh. You don't have UPS or FedEx on your truck, so I probably don't want to see you. Who's this person? Person shows up to the door, they've got short sleeve, you know, white shirt, got a tie, got a big plaque. It's like, okay, I am prepared for what's about to happen. What happens if this person goes, hey, can I come inside for a minute? Whoa! I don't know that I want you to come inside my house. Imagine if that person just comes inside your house and then they go, where's your bedroom at? 
None of your business. So we have these natural tendencies. We all know what healthy boundaries look like. But for some reason, we have a hard time enforcing those boundaries with our friends. You've got somebody that calls like 2 o'clock in the morning like, I need sugar. It's like, well, you can make muffins in the morning because... I'm not getting out of bed. You need to make sure that you've got healthy boundaries to monitor the amount of flow that's coming into you. What's your communication like? Are the conversations that you're having pouring anxiety in or are they pouring life into you? Now, my leg has got to have blood and oxygen running into it, but it also has to have something pumping out. It has to be getting rid of carbon dioxide as my muscles process oxygen, it creates carbon dioxide and energy. I've got to have resistance on my leg or else it'll atrophy. Have you ever um, seen anybody that maybe has like a, a back injury or something like that and they can't use their muscles and their muscles just waste away? If we don't use the giftings in our life, they start to atrophy. They start to, to fall away. So we've got to have resistance. We've got to do work. We've got to be active because if you're not active in your relational, emotional, physical, spiritual life, all those giftings are just going to atrophy. But you also have to be giving out your, uh, your pent-up issues. You've got to be venting in, a, in an appropriate way. Now, what happens if my leg was like, I know that there's this whole blood vessel system that's inside of me that appropriately handles the uh, toxins that I create. I don't really want to use that. It's a whole lot easier for me to get rid of all the poisonous blood if I just like start spraying it out on the sidewalk. We all instinctively know if your leg starts spraying blood, not a good thing. Inappropriate way to get rid of toxins. Yet, we don't think anything when somebody sits down at their keyboard and it's like, and another thing. Here's another issue that I have, and my food was cold, and this person was not paying attention to me, and we just vent all this bile and venom out into the world, and we're not, we're not channeling it through appropriate means. Have you ever noticed that it's a whole lot easier to gripe about somebody else than it is to bring that issue up to that person? It's way more complicated. It's way harder for the leg to get rid of its carbon dioxide through the blood system. It's a whole lot easier just to bleed it out into the world. Uh, but it kills the body when we do that. All right. I want to bring up a, a viewpoint. Could you bring up the circle thing? Okay. We need to learn this. We need to have boundaries in our life that keep the right things in and the wrong things out. Okay? Some of us are going to look at this and feel that this is not love. I challenge you to go back and read the Gospels. Read what Jesus' everyday looked like. There were times that he bled his uh, resources out to the multitudes, and then there were times that he wouldn't even talk to two or three people. Um, I love you to pieces. I can't deal with you anymore. I'm going to go up onto the mountain. Can we come to? No, you can't. But Jesus, we need you. I don't care if you need me. I'm taking a nap in the bottom of the boat. But we're sinking. I said I'm taking a nap. You know, Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, the person that had the Holy Spirit poured out on him without measure, had appropriate boundaries. He had the multitudes. 
He had the disciples. And among the, the 12 disciples, he had three. And then he had John. And then there were a lot of times it was just him and his father. So we've got these layers that in my innermost core, I've got my family. It's your spouse. It's your kids. Outside of that, I've got friends. They have less demands on my time than my family does. Outside of my friends, I have acquaintances. And if I have to push you further than acquaintance, that is the land of the boogeyman. That's where I put big, scary grizzly bears, great white sharks. You stay out in boogeyman land. All right? The thing to know about this is at no point in time do I ever shut my love off. Jesus was never unloving to anybody, even the boogeyman. When God kicked Satan out of heaven, God still has love towards Satan. I am at no point in time ever allowed to shut my love off. However, I do shut off my resources, my time. Imagine, um, so boogeyman comes up to me and goes, man, my transmission blew up. I would go, man, that stinks. Mine did the same thing too. Wow. Well, keep me posted. Let me know how it goes. If I have an acquaintance that comes up to me and goes, my transmission blew up, I'll go, hey, here's the number to my mechanic. He's not going to rip you off. Give him a call. If a close friend comes up to me, like if Liz says, my transmission blew up, potentially I'm going to grab my keys and go, use my car. I've got a bike that I would love to ride. Have my car. If a family member tells me my transmission blows up, I get my checkbook out. If an acquaintance tells me my transmission blows up and I get my checkbook out, either God has richly, abundantly blessed me, which is great, or I have an issue with boundaries. If I am bleeding out my resources to all the boogeymen in life because I'm trying to love them well enough, please don't leave me. Please like me. Please don't say mean things about me on the internet. If I'm bleeding out all of my resources, when my family experiences a need, I have nothing left to give. Have you ever noticed that like you give everything you've got at your job and when you come home and there's the slightest issue, dinner is off by like 15 minutes. Well, this is the thanks I get. We tend to pour out the worst versions of ourselves for our closest people. It's so hurtful because we don't manage our resources. When somebody comes up to me and says, I have a need, like, I hate it. Pray for you. And not like, not in the dumb Christian, I'll be praying for you. Actually pray for them. But you don't have access to my checkbook. Or if I want you to have access to my checkbook, you have access to this much of my checkbook. There are times that people send me a text or call me and say, hey, I need something. It's like, well, you will need the same thing on Monday morning. I'll give you a call on Monday morning. Hey, I need to, I need to meet with you. My, my life's falling apart. I would love to meet with you. I'll spend hours with you next Tuesday. No, now. Nope. Your life was falling apart two months ago. 
Your life is falling apart now. Your life will still be falling apart in two months or in two weeks. That's, that's the time I have to give you. Now, the closer you are to me, the greater access you have to my resources and my time. Now, we balance this by remembering we love like Jesus loves, self-sacrificially. How much did Jesus bleed? He bled it all. We give our resources. We're not hoarders. We're not misers. We're not Ebenezer Scrooge with our resources. But we make sure that we prioritize the people that God has planted closest to us. All right, so what happens if we have an issue with our boundaries? I don't manage my boundaries effectively. We have a continuum of falling off one ditch over to the other. What happens if somebody is like, hmm, you are a scary individual. You make decisions that I would never make. You terrify me. All of this emotional stuff that's going on right now is scary. I'm going to put some healthy boundaries, say 10 miles. Is that, a, is that a healthy boundary? Everybody in my life, you stay 10 miles away from me. Um, there, there are people who, whom I love that move to certain parts of Overton County. It's like, where's your neighbor? Like, oh, yeah, we've got great neighbors. Where's the closest one? 30 miles away. And they're still too close. Have you ever met anybody that put themselves behind their own boundary wall? Like, what emotions? I don't experience any emotions. No emotions here. I shut down for myself. What are you thinking about? Nothing. I'm thinking nothing. Because they themselves are so scary that they have locked a part of their brain in a, in a safe. I can't deal with you. You're terrifying. You scare me. You stay away. And if you want to cross one of those boundaries, well, there's some paperwork. Make sure you fill out your form in triplicate. We're going to have to run a background check. And I need to make sure that if you come close to my life, you will never have the opportunity to hurt me. Oh, Turns out you're human. Nope, you have to stay away. Even the Holy Spirit is a terrifying entity. You stay out there too. We have this isolation of perfect trust. It's just me and my walls. I can listen to whatever I want to listen to. I can eat whenever I want to eat. I don't have to mess with any TV channels that I don't want to watch. I'm safe. Then you have people on the other side of the scale that are as codependent as the day is long, and they're like, what walls? I don't have any walls. These people are the ones that like come screaming into your boundaries. They're like, oh, I'm here to save you. I know that you didn't know that you need saving, but here I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix all of your problems. First, I'm going to list off all of your problems. I bet you didn't even know that you had, and I'm here to tell you everything that you need to do with your life. Meanwhile, I'm making coffee in the morning like, why are you in my house? It's like, good Lord, get out of here. Aren't you so happy that I'm here to save you from all of your mess? Tell me how happy you are that I'm here to save you. Aren't you so thankful for me? These people have an intense need to be needed. They want you to want me. I need you to need me. I'm begging you to beg me. To put on a brand new shirt. Didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see you trying? Oh, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I see? Um, we are somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. This is not a spectrum of unhealth, 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 healthy, 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 unhealth, unhealth, unhealth. This is a spectrum of none of these are healthy. If you have equal parts of isolationist and codependent, you're still unhealthy. 
We need to come up to a higher plane of dealing with relationships healthily. I fall on the codependent side, just to be transparent. I love getting in other people's business. I love telling you what you need to do wrong. Funny enough, I found this job <laughs> that I get to do it passive aggressively and just say, by the way, the Holy Spirit's telling me that you need to do this. I want to read a few verses. Proverbs 13, 20. If I had time, we would just read all of Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. How about 12, 26? The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. You have got to have people in your life. The wise people walk with wise people. Companion of fools. Like if you are spending all your time with fools, you're going to suffer harm. A righteous person chooses their friends. A righteous person chooses their social media feed. Effectively. If you turn on the internet and you're just like, oh, I get to get frustrated. Everything in the world, everything is on fire. There is some excitement that like, oh, what fresh hell has landed upon us today? That is not choosing our friends wisely. I don't even know those people. The person that's telling me what I should feel on the internet, I don't know them. They're not my friends. They don't get to input into my life. You can share your viewpoint, and I will go, I might consider it, I might not. Then I get with my friends and go, hey, what do you think about this? How about Proverbs 14.4? Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. So if you have a tendency to keep people at a distance and to not let the right people in, you will have a very clean house, but you will not be able to accomplish anything. So when we talk about church order and how we do relationships, lack of mess is not the goal. We are messy individuals. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure that all of us have toilets in our houses. The goal of healthy lifestyle is not a lack of mess, right? The goal of healthy relationships is that we handle that stuff effectively. We can't become like Howard Hughes, alone in our ivory tower, afraid that everybody else is going to mess with us. What about Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four? Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. Well, now you're talking about me. Because those angry people are really fun to argue with. All right, so enough of what we're messing up. How do we get better? All right, this is going to be a shotgun. I don't expect anybody to, to learn anything. All we're doing is just we are giving ourselves the ability to write down notes so that we can go, hmm, I might need to watch a TED Talk on this later. All right, so the first step in getting healthy, you need to learn about yourself. You need to spend some time soul searching, figure out what your gifts are. What's your love language? 
How do you receive love? Did you know that there are multiple ways to communicate love? If you don't know that, I'm about to change your entire world. Like, I never get any love from home. It's like, no, you guys are just speaking Romanian to each other. Like, one person speaking French, one, sp- one person speaking Romanian. You guys are loving each other effectively. You're just not communicating effectively. It's not a love issue. It's a, it's a communication. You need to figure out what your personality type is. And whatever your brand of personality typing, you need to figure out how you're wired, what makes you up, so you can figure out what nutrients you need to put in your body. I'm sure that there are people in this room that are iron deficient, and you have to take an iron supplement. Does that mean that you're a crazy person? No, I need extra iron. I have to eat spinach every once in a while. That doesn't make you a bad person. Just because you need a little bit extra attention in this area of your life is not a bad thing. The problem is when we assume that everybody else can read our minds, it's like, why don't you give me extra leafy greens? This church must hate me. There was no spinach or collard greens. It's like, well, you didn't say that you needed spinach and collard greens. So you need to figure out what you need in order to communicate your needs to the people that are closest to you in life. You need to maintain healthy boundaries. Figure out which part of the spectrum you fall in on. If you are sitting alone in your ivory castle of neat, tidy order, you need to figure out what the, applica- or what the immigration process is to get people into your castle. You need people in your castle. If you are existing in a tent or a hammock on an open plain and you have no boundaries, there's no fences, you need to learn how to construct some healthy boundaries. You need to improve your communication skills. By the way, this is not the stuff that I am telling you so that you can get on my plane. This is the stuff that the Holy Spirit is telling me. (laughs) And I'm just communicating the things that I'm dealing with. So don't feel any shame or judgment on this. You need to learn some communication skills. I don't know if you've ever experienced this in your life. Have you ever had people that were just like flat out jerks? And then they were like, everybody's just too sensitive. It's like, no, you're a jerk. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Some people didn't laugh because that got a little. Ha <laughs> ha. Or are you overly sensitive and just like, I'm so offended. I'm so offended. Did you see what that person was wearing? Did you see what that person did? I'm so offended. By the way, like the spirit of offense is not one of the gifts of the spirit. Just for the record. Just because you're offended at something does not mean that you're extra mature. All right, you need to work on your communication skills. Like, do you have to be hounded in order to be able to tell the truth? How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm, f- I'm fine. How, how are you? Okay, I've got a small issue. Stop being hounded. Communicate. How are you? Falling apart. How are you? Great. Newsflash. All of us are falling apart. Some of us have a harder time hiding it than others, but all of us are falling apart. If you've got issues, you are in a good place. If you are uncomfortable about falling apart, we've got a freedom prayer session that will get you on our page. Um, If there is somebody in your life that is refusing to honor your healthy boundaries, they just show up regardless. If there is somebody in your life that is poisoning you through putting you down or gossiping about somebody else, have you ever seen those people that's like, how are you doing? Well. 
and just feeding all the latest tea that's being spilled all over the country, if your Facebook feed is poisoning you, there's somebody in your life that is visual or verbally, physically, emotionally abusive. You need to boot those toxic people out of your life. Just want to point out the fact. Jesus had a hundred sheep. One idiot sheep went and got himself lost, lost. Jesus went after that one sheep. It is not your responsibility to go after every sheep that wanders away. That's his job. It is your job to be healthy. If you feel that it is your job to constantly, oh, 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 no, no, no. Oh, come, come, come here. Have you ever seen anybody trying to like herd cats? We're sheep, we're dumb. It's the shepherd's responsibility to heal us. It's not your job to heal everybody. All you can do is take care of the stuff inside your hula hoop. And if it's not inside your hula hoop, here's the number to my mechanic. He's going to give you a great deal. Love you and I'm going to be praying for you. With your family, family you bleed with. All right, so all of that is a shotgun that is not like, that's the only time that we're going to talk about relationships. That's the only time we're going to talk about mental health. That's the only time that we're going to talk about forgiveness. No, 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 no. This is what I live every day. If you need tools to improve your mental health, if you need tools to improve your relational health, physical health, spiritual health, we want to help you work through those tools. There's lots of ideas. I could sit here all day long and talk to you about your specific needs. The thing that I need you to do is take responsibility for your own stuff. You don't have to do everything, but you need to dedicate. I've got issues that I need to deal with, and I'm, I'm ready to start working on them. Then we can work out together. As long as you don't judge me for the issues that I'm dealing with, I won't judge you for the issues that you're dealing with. And I promise you, if we start taking these steps, making ourselves healthier individually, making sure that our family is healthier as a whole, I promise you the Holy Spirit is going to use this body to transform our community way more than he already is. I want to let you know, like, even with us having the issues that we have, the Holy Spirit is using you to, to change our community in ways that I've never even dreamt were possible. There are kids that are going to, to bed fed tonight because of y'all. There are families that have stayed together because of y'all. Now, what if next year we clear out some of the mess, we get ourselves healed up a little bit better and try it again next year? And all of a sudden, the kingdom of God starts spreading through our community. As we partner with all of our local bodies all around Cookville, the Holy Spirit will use us to transform the world. But we've got to work on some of our stuff too. The Holy Spirit's job to do the Holy Spirit's job my job to do my job. So let's go ahead and stand up.